This podcast contains coarse language, adult themes, and spoilers. My name's Peach, and for the past couple of years, I've been helping my friend Shag overcome his childhood aversions to everyday foods in the podcast Fussy Eater. Now it's his turn to help me conquer my phobia of scary movies over one spooky night in the FBI studios, one Wikipedia synopsis at a time. This is Spooko. Okay, um, you're just walking into a bit of a carnival atmosphere. Like, it's Spooko, you guys, and things are pretty sick in old Spooko land. Sam, Oh, no, no, bitch, bitch, bitch. Yeah. I need to I need to interrupt you. I need to interrupt yeah, yeah, you. Okay, so I know how desperately you want to talk about 50 Cent this episode. And oh, there will be a reason so that we do that. But we're going to have to save that for next episode. Because, oh, because... I've got so many thoughts. I know, I know. And I want you to save them because I just sat through the most unsettling film I've seen since Hereditary... I just sent a text to Adele that said that ending was fucking evil. I genuinely do think it was kind of evil. Like, I feel so completely off axis. And I, I want to serve this film to you while the iron's hot because this is what Spooko's all about. This is... Oh, God. The carnival's just been ramped up to <laughs> carnival level. Higher than normal carnival level. Should we just get into it? Before I tell you what the film is, uh, I just want to say thanks, as always, to everybody who's been suggesting films and commenting on the Instagram. Just search Spooko, you'll find us. Mm. Uh, First of all, I want to give a shout out to a friend of the pod, Liz, who had some really good thoughts on the film Kinder that you've started to develop. It's your second spooky movie. And... While I was, you know, in the discussion about how we make Kinder better, there was mm. just there was for, for me. I've always been like, there's something missing with Kinder. I love the setup, mm-hmm. but mm. there's nothing that's taking it to the next level. And after seeing yeah. this film, I actually think it needs an evil ending. It needs an ending like the ending you're going to see in this, where you're like, like the ending is still the guy watches the kids go to the primary school, and you're like, oh, for fuck's sake! But that, oh, for fuck's sake, has to be based on something completely evil. All right, so that's number one. I'm not really open to feedback. I'm not really mature <laughs> enough in my horror writing career. Like I, I think I've done it, and and <laughs> the idea of any change is upsetting to me, and I'm really defensive. So number two, as, as we've said before, we've got this amazing list of films that we're slowly working our way through that have been suggested um, by people either on uh, Insta yep. or you know through other means. And one of them was a film that I hadn't really heard of. I'd, I'd seen it come up. When, you know when you're browsing, like you know when you're like, you know what, I don't like anything on Netflix. I don't like anything on whatever other streaming service you have. Maybe I'll rent something. And you go through these films and because no one goes to the cinema anymore, you're like, what the fuck are these films? I've never heard of them. I can't believe like, you know, how many films Jason Statham has made and all of these things. Anyway, so there was this, there was this scary film and I don't know if it was served to me because I'm often looking at scary films. But there was this mm. film called The Lodge that I've seen quite a few times. The main poster of it features a woman's face and the face is in shadow because there's like... It, it doesn't make any sense because it's not the shadow of a cross. 
it's the shadow of the outline of a cross. So it's like the light of a cross is on her face, but then the rest is in shadow. And it's just called The Lodge. Okay. And Mike, who suggested this film to us this week, described it Mm. as... Uh, like I don't know why this made me interested in it and he was like look it's actually a really boring film but the ending's fucked up (laughs) that's a good sale I just got a friend over here (laughs) (sighs) let's go watch the preview so how would you feel about going to the mountains for Christmas with Grace she really wants to get to know you guys Heard something. Hello? Did you do that? We didn't do anything. We're leaving. What are you talking about? Look outside. We're stuck here. Ugh. 10 out of 10. I give it a 10. <laughs> Sick. Tell me about this film. I've got to say, we haven't done a film this spooko in a while. Like the last couple of films, like The Host, Pumpkinhead, they've been fun. They've been goofy. They've been arguably comic. And so this just takes us back to reality. If if Spooko was one long horror film, yes. that was a lull where it's like, oh, everything's fine, and then bam, jump scare, or bam, like something's fucked up. <sighs> bam, someone turns out to be not the same person we, we thought they were. Why is the cross-up so... Okay, yeah, cool, 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 all right. <sighs> there's, there's, a couple of things, there's a couple of things I need to tell you about this because yeah. like, I, I just had a quick read through the Wikipedia synopsis, and it does a pretty good job. But I want you to get as good an effect as I just had watching the whole film. And like I said, I finished watching it like maybe 20 minutes ago and I am unsettled to the core. In fact, I just highlighted this quote. uh, You know how like when you go to Wikipedia and you go down and you look at the critical response. Often this is a way for me to work out, you know, when people suggest films if I want to do it. Because if it's like it has a 10 on Rotten Tomatoes, I'm like, fuck that sort of thing. (laughs) But this had a genuinely good critical response. I also don't trust a horror film with like nines out of 10 because half the time you're like, oh, okay, well, it's probably like super arty or has heaps of meanings. And it's like, no, I just want like a straight like fucked up film. Anyway, so... Heaps of meetings. So the this one particular journalist described The Lodge as a truly unsettling movie, the kind of horror film that rattles you on an almost subconscious level. And that's what I kind of feel <sighs> like is going to happen. I feel like I'm going to be off my axe. I'm going to be just feeling weird tomorrow and I'm not going to go know why. Someone's going to like tap me on the... I'm going to be, well, no one's going to tap Ooh. me on the shoulder because of COVID. But like something's going to happen and I'm just going to be like, ooh. So anyway, th- 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 like that's where I'm at right now. So the religious iconography that you saw in the trailer, that yes. exists all through the film. Sick. So And there's reasons for it, mm. but there's many lingering shots of crosses on the wall there's shots of uh, you know portraits of mary but like super like i don't know how you find scary portraits of you know the virgin mary but they found them and they put them in this film and then i don't know if it's like a nod to hereditary although apparently when i was looking into this this was in production 
while Hereditary was being made. So it's not it's not influenced by Hereditary, although it seems very Hereditary in many ways. There's this. There are these lingering the shots of a dollhouse. The preview is exactly the same. That's Hereditary. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> and I presume the score is identical based on based on what I heard. You, I nobody could tell the two scores apart. Like you know, <laughs> dogs that can hear all tones would not be able to tell them apart. So yeah, so two things. So 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 that's that's number one, the religious iconography ever. And that was the other thing I was going to say. Like the music keeps you at a, like a tense state the entire film. Like it is like hereditary in that the moment it started, and in fact, in ways, I, like I get why you'd say it's quite boring because there's about four actors in the film, and most of it happens at a lodge that you know obviously the film's named after. But because the score is constantly, as you would describe it, squeak and squeak, squeak, squeak on like a violin, you never feel at ease. You never feel like, I, I, you know, it's fine. Like, whatever, I'm bored. I want to look at something else. But like, if, if you're in fight or flight mode for two hours, is that not itself exhausting and fatiguing? Because I thought that's why you had moments of levity in horror films to be like, that was pretty intense. Oh, don't worry about it, guys. Let's just chill for a bit. So what this film does quite cleverly is mask what you're feeling tense about and throw you off a couple of times. Okay. So you, anyway, you'll see through. Let's get into this because, Let's do. oh my God. Um, okay. So we start with this couple, Laura Hall and Richard Hall. Now they've separated and mm-hmm. Laura is driving their two children to meet them for a drop-off. And it's quite well done. So Laura is played by Alicia Silverstone in oh, like cool. a, and she does it like she does like a super good job. And there's there's mm. already tension in the car that the kids don't really aren't really happy about this situation and they love their mum. Mum, meanwhile, is putting she on She does lipstick. the same role in Babysitter's Club at the moment. So like, if you're ever <laughs> browsing on Netflix for anything else, she crushes <laughs> Babysitter's Club. <laughs> But anyway, so Alicia Silverstone, uh, aka Laura Hall, is putting on lipstick in the mirror. You know, in which, which as you as we go on indicates that she's probably not quite over this separation the same way Richard is, and we know that is because when she goes to drop off the kids, he reveals to her that he plans to marry his girlfriend Grace, who he met while researching a book about an extremist Christian cult. Ah, oh, sick. Now, at this point, we don't actually see Grace. So when we go to the house, we notice she's like a figure in the top of the... Like, we see like a silhouette in the top window as we see the front of the house. But when we go inside, we she's nowhere to be seen. And Richard's even like, Grace isn't here. So we don't know if he's lying or that's just a weird thing that we saw. I don't know. Um, and beyond the fact that, you know, he met her while researching a book about an extremist Christian cult, she was actually raised in the cult. She was the sole survivor of their mass suicide led by her uh, father. This is like, do you know how... So, I went on a boot camp in um, 2008, which was run by a friend. It's like a morning running fitness thing. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't need to drop too many names, but I just bumped into someone from that boot camp recently and they're worth um, about $15 billion, which is more than they were worth in 2008. And, you know... And it's one of those salutary lessons that you shouldn't compare your achievements to those of someone else because their achievements are not particularly relevant to yours. But 
uh, look as a aspiring horror film writer which it turns out <laughs> that's what i am <laughs> despite having never watched one <laughs> it's tough for me to sit here and be like oh yeah that's a really good idea oh if only if only these are all really good ideas and they're really tickling my aspiring horror film writer insecurities go the lodge this is sick but here's the thing so six months later Richard announces that they will spend Christmas with Grace at the family's remote Massachusetts lodge to get to know each other better. But Aiden and Mia are kind of still not... And as you would be. Like, Aiden and Mia are still not over their mum's death because it's been six months. And Aiden's maybe like 13 or 14. Mia's maybe Mm. seven or eight. So this was clearly like a very traumatic event in their life. So yeah, I get good that news, it's been guys. <laughs> My new girlfriend's gonna smooth everything over. <laughs> but meanwhile, while after after he announces this, they sneak into their dad's study to learn more about her, and they discover the truth about her. So they didn't even know that she was raised in this Christian Christian cult and was the only one who uh, who survived until they go into this into the dad's research like room and watch the video that he saved of basically it's like a found footage within a film where you see a camera slowly go down the stairs and you see all these bodies on beds and they're all covered in a silk sheet, a purple silk sheet with duct tape across their mouth reading sin. And then at the very end of this like found footage, it goes to a camera and we see it's her filming it. <sighs> so, so, but I just want to stop here because while I was watching it, the one moment of levity for me was I was considering talking to this because obviously, you know, like I'm a newish dad, you're an established dad and Heaven forbid either of us would ever be in this situation. You're an up-and-coming dad. (laughs) You're a new dad on the scene. (laughs) (laughs) Us OG dads are like... (laughs) We're on the way out. But, but, if your new girlfriend, after your wife committed suicide... Oh, did I even say this? No, I'm like, she committed suicide. The Zoom is really shit tonight. Like, I don't know what's going on with the Zoom. Whenever we talk about okay. cults, it seems to fuck around. But okay, you're oh like, yeah, so the wife's death. I'm like, cool. That must have, I must have Zoomed out. Oh my God. No, 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 no. Okay, so, so let me backtrack a bit. So on the day that he tells Laura that he's going to marry Grace, she drives home, she sits yep. at her table, pulls a gun out of her purse and shoots herself in the head. And it's like, it's just the most shocking scene. It happens within like 10 minutes of the film. So yeah, so anyway, so that's happened. And then it's six months later and the kids are sort of blaming the new girlfriend for her death. But I guess, but I guess my point is as a dad with kids who've gone through a pretty traumatic experience, you should probably tell your kids that your new girlfriend was in a cult. Don't you think? Maybe not, like, maybe? Is it yours to tell? I don't know. I think that's fun. Like, like it, just to give you a genuine answer. Yeah, like, is it their, like, is it your business to share or their business to know? That is actually, I, I did not expect this, but that's a really good point. Yeah, okay. I'm still having fun. 
I'm still, I'm still with you. You haven't lost the crowd. <laughs> you haven't lost the crowd, young, uh, young homie, <laughs> young lion. Anyway, so they all go to the lodge, and the dad's basically like, "Look, here's how it'll go down. I'll drive everyone to the lodge. Uh, it's remote, so." There's only one way in or out by car. I will drive away for a couple of days to go back to work and then I'll be back for Christmas. So he's a genius. So- he's the world's smartest dad <laughs> just doing smart stuff. <laughs> what <a> fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah, so the setup's there, right? Yeah. There's a lodge in the middle of winter in uh, you know towards Christmas a couple of days where there's no escape because, you know, it's surrounded by snowstorms uh, with a new girlfriend from a cult in which everyone killed themselves and two kids that hate her guts and thinks she's the reason their mom killed herself. <laughs> Sick. Like, I've never considered this, but in some ways, a great horror film is like, you know, putting all the pieces into place slowly and then letting them sort of run their course. But then taking them on a course that you did not expect. But I kind of love how all the pieces are in place perfectly for you to just not feel cool the entire way through. Because like I said before, there's there's a secondary reason to feel tense the whole time in that the kids hate the new girlfriend or the new fiancé, basically, because they're going to get married, right? Well, and that's a usual thing. And then you take it out of context. This is the lesson that I, as a horror film writer, I somehow can't learn. I'm like, what's something normal that I can take out of context? And I'm like, well... <laughs> Hating the new girlfriend is a normal thing that you can take out of context. So as so the dad leaves and he's like, bye, I'll see you in a few days. And it's, you know, it's it's one of those perfect moments where I, I, I feel like, again, like another great horror movie, you know, technique is to set up all these pieces, but then leave a safety net and then take the safety net away, but be like, nothing's happened yet. But now something could happen because the dad's gone away, the car's gone away. So now the kids are just stuck with this, uh, with the dad's fiance. Oh, and yeah, yeah, okay. Now, meanwhile, she again is super spooked by all the religious iconography in the house. And it's never really explained. Like the mum who kills herself has some crucifixes on the wall. And the dad obviously is researching Christian cults. So. There's reasons to have all of this, you know, pictures of Mary, crosses everywhere, but Grace is quite spooked by them. And in a couple of scenes, you know, when she gets especially spooked during the film, she'll take down a photo here or she'll put a crucifix in a drawer there, you know, as she goes along, because whether it's a reminder of her, you know, like of her childhood and it's bringing back memories, you know, it's never really explained, but it adds to the spookiness of her being freaked out by them. So we in turn are freaked out by them as well. Now, because of, I mean, it it says here, this isn't explained in the film, but because of all of this iconography in the house, she starts having nightmares about her father and reliving her past. Yeah. And meanwhile, the kids are very cold and distant and start being like super creepy. Like at one point, she's having a shower and there's like a very gratuitous horror scene where she gets out of the shower nude and you're like, we probably didn't need to see this, but okay. (laughs) And she sees the window steamed up and she sees mum in a heart and like with a little thing through it. A little little strike through it of like dead. With a little strike through. As if someone's written that, but I'm guessing it's probably written kind of recent. 
because I would think after six months or after a year, because that's probably the last time they were there, it probably wouldn't be there anymore. So it's just like an extra like stab in the heart. And there are moments all through the film. I don't think they de- they describe it in here, but there's this one moment where the daughter's like, do you want to see what we've made dad for Christmas? And she's like, sure. And it's a fucking video of them being like, we love you, mom. And mom just being like, oh, well, these kids, I guess they just love me so much. <laughs> Like, like it's just do you, like like do you give a shit if you're the new girlfriend you're like fuck wits like I'm not marrying you like I'm like I don't care <laughs> fuck off and like hang out with your mum and like go away but also real talk while I was watching that scene because she gets really upset and runs away into a room and cries and I'm like their dead mum's not going to stop being part of their life you should be like oh you must have loved your mum so much like we all miss her you know like you should be like loving about her right but also prepared like like oh yeah shit they've got a dead mum oh no and it's like man like this movie's basically about their dead mum <laughs> <laughs> you should know you're in this movie yeah exactly it's a horror film <laughs> can't, you, can't you hear the fucking violins <laughs> Anyway, so after seeing the love heart in the shower window when it's steamed up, she wipes it across and it's that classic horror movie scene where we're watching the mirror and we see that once the mirror is clear that Aiden's like watching from like, he's just opened the door a crack and is like watching in. And then he does Oh, he's like 13 or 14. (laughs) Um... Being, being scared of children is a horror film trope that is not going to make it into my final draft of any film. I'm like, man, like, children aren't scary. I'm sorry. Even spooky children. It's like, man, like you guys aren't scary. Um, okay, so the All next... The English children. You know, mm. like, man, like, I've told you the story of being on a gap year in England and... Um, I walked down to the shops and it was fairly reasonable because I lived near the water when I was in Sydney and so sometimes I'd walk around without shoes in summer and I walk without shoes down to the shop and I walk past this like three like 10 year old kids <laughs> like oh where's your fucking shoes mate <laughs> So lucky you didn't get stabbed. Oh my yeah, god! I was like, uh, better put on some shoes next time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just barely survived. <laughs> These people were ten years old. I should say for clarity, if that. I know we weren't meant to speak about the Fifty Cent book this episode, but he's got heaps <laughs> of advice to offer about this scenario. <laughs> so we will get there. Ne- we will get there next week. Okay. 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 So anyway, so so the next night, th- there's a moment where it seems like Aiden, who is the boy, uh, wants to make peace with Grace. So he brings in a cup of cocoa while they're all watching like TV at night, and she's Ooh, like, "Is drug that- laced? There's drugs in there, isn't there?" Yes. Uh, peach. Just, just hold on. Just hold on. So. She's like, is that for me? With like a smile. And he's like, yes. And so she takes it and she drinks it. And what's really funny is that the daughter's also like, oh, I'm really cold. And the and Grace is like, do you want some cocoa too? And she's like, no. And so you're like, okay. Well, clearly there's something going on with the cocoa, right? Sick. Peach, good instincts from your boy. 
that night, there's this moment where basically they're watching a film. And in fact, it's another one of the things where they're like it, the film within a film and like a very classic contemporary horror trope is to reference earlier horror films by watching them. And in this film, they're watching The Thing, which is like a sci-fi horror classic that we should get to eventually. And it's also set in the snow and about sort of loneliness and going mad in the snow kind of thing, isn't it? Yeah, and like a mutant that can take any form and body horror, like a lot of body horror that's super gross. But anyway, so she falls asleep while they're watching these films. She then has a dream that she's outside on the snow and then she falls into the ice below. And you think, oh my God, fuck, maybe they drugged her and left her outside. But no, she then wakes up in the morning, she's on the couch and she's just fucking freezing. So she goes to the, she goes to the, like the, I think the, like the stove to turn them on to try and get warm, but like there's no gas. She tries to turn on the water, there's no water. She like, she tells Aiden, she's like, hey, Aiden, I think like the power's out or whatever. Can you go try and turn on the generator? And then she looks in the fridge and there's no food in the fridge. And, She's like, oh, guys, what the fuck? Like, if this is a joke, not funny. And Aiden comes back and he's like, we didn't do anything. And she's like, well, how's the power? And he's like, there's something wrong with the generator. I can't start it. So they have no food. They have no power. They have no water. They have no nothing. And so she's like, I'm going to go up to my room. When I come down, I want all that food back in the fridge. I don't care. She goes up to her room and all her stuff's gone, including her pills. Now, at some point, we realize that she takes pills for something. You know, it's, it's, it's deus ex pills. She <laughs> was in a cult. <laughs> pills ex machina. <laughs> <laughs> she was in a cult and she needs pills to not have nervous to breakdowns. To not be mad. Yep, they're the anti-madness yeah. pills. And if she doesn't have her pills, eventually she'll have a nervous breakdown, Ooh. which may or may not be something yep. that happens in this film. I get it. Like, I do feel like horror movies' approach to mental health has actually not improved in the last six decades. I feel like essentially we're saying she's mad and requires pills for her madness is pretty much what we're saying. Even down to the treatment of suicide, like the wife gets some bad news, so she goes home and kills herself. Like, suicide isn't a more Some man doesn't want to sleep with me. Oh, well. Yeah, Yeah, completely fucked. Um, It's like, okay, well, let's call Richard... He'll come back early. He'll sort this out. And surprise, surprise, all of their cell phones are dead and they can't charge them because the generator's out. And then later on, as she's more and more... Because she's not... Like, she doesn't know. And the kids are basically like, we didn't do anything. But she just... just And you don't know. And we don't know, right? Like, nobody knows what's happened. And it's just kind of like... So it's just taken that... Like, it hasn't completely, you know cause something terrible to happen. It's just ratcheted up the tension like another notch. So now everything is just so much tenser than it was before. And now it feels like something like a little bit more supernatural is happening rather than something that was yeah, okay. just purely like, you know. A bit of uh, cults. We got some crucifixes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. We were wanting the thing. Yep, yep, yep. So... Aiden and the daughter start to get a bit closer to Grace. Well, not closer to Grace, but a sort of like, you know, we need to do something, something's going on. Um, and then Aiden says he had a weird, he's like, I didn't want to tell my sister, but I had a dream that the gas heater malfunctioned and we all suffocated and expresses his fear that they may be in the afterlife. 
And it's around about this time that she notices all of the clocks have been advanced to January 9. Like all of the, like, I, I guess the, the clocks that have dates on them. Sick. Which is, yeah. So because of this, over the next several days, Grace starts to succumb to anxiety, medication withdrawal, hunger, and the cold. Like there's one awesome scene where you see her like huddling up next to the fire with a bucket full of snow trying to melt it because it's like they need water. So that's how they're getting water basically. And as this is happening, she keeps having more and more dreams of her dad and the cult. And at this point, we start to realize what the cult believed. And I've got to say, like, I'm not, like, in no way am I advocating for this cult. cult but, but... No. <laughs> but of all the, of all the such things a cult good believes, Like, look, I'm not pro-cult, but let's just sit down and talk <laughs> that real talk. <laughs> so this cult, like, of all the things cults believe, this one to me, I'm like, oh, that makes sense, right? So they're a Christian cult. And what they believe is, you know, the afterlife is there when we die and we can be with God. And so why don't we just kill ourselves ASAP and then we get to be God soon. We get, get like, get to be with God sooner, which to me is like, like pretty okay logic. It's like, that makes sense. Well, I thought the way you earned heaven credit points, if you were, uh, if you believed in the afterlife of that way, is it, is it, I, I thought suicide cancelled out all the heaven credit points you earn to get okay. you into heaven. Okay, but but every cult has a cult ex machina as well. So what I imagine, and it's not explained, but I think in their minds it's like we're holy people, so when we die we're going to go to God, right? And I imagine what I think has actually happened is potentially, like we never know, but what I think's actually happened is the daughter has killed them all one by one. Because that's why she's the only one left standing. In obedience to the cult? In obedience to the... Or like maybe or maybe they have a rule that's like suicide's not wrong if it's to be closer to God. They don't explain <laughs> that. But in terms of like in terms of cult things, like there are cults that are like, we're going to go to a planet or like, you know, whatever QAnon believes. Hey, and hey, it's like... Shag, shag, shag. Like, what is a cult actually really? It's like a group of people who fanatically believe in a religious thing like now that i think about it i'm like what the fuck is a cult i don't think it has to be religious but yes they it's a group of people who have fanatic subservience to a cause yeah okay okay cool anyway so at this point uh because grace is just like you know She's hungry, she's thirsty, she's going through withdrawals, which was probably causing her to fucking sweat crazily and she's going to be feeling terrible. And obviously she's having dreams of her dad and like the life before. So she's like, fuck this, I can't do this, I've got to leave. Mm. I've got to find some help. And the kids are like, no, you can't leave. There's like, you know, the nearest house isn't for miles and you won't... Basically the kids don't want her to leave and it's pretty obvious the kids don't want her to leave. But she's like, I'm going to do it. And so she leaves. And I don't, I'm not someone, I'm like your classic Sydney cider in that I rarely, if ever, see snow. In fact, I've never really seen snow in my life. So I don't understand. Like when, when, when you see shots of people 
going out like in snow blizzards and they're covered in blankets and stuff. I compare it to going out in a cold Sydney night and I'm like, why is everybody like, why, why is everybody like, oh, just so relax. Like, <laughs> just wear an extra layer, you'll be fine. Like I've never, like there's a lot of, a lot of memories based on experience rather than, you know, thinking things through, right? And because I've never experienced it, I see that and I just can't empathize. Context is but key. Anyway, That's the lesson of Spooko. So she's wandering around with this blanket. Um, at one point, she comes across a cross-shaped cabin. We don't know if it's real or not because in the upper window, she sees her father calling to her and she like bangs on the door, but he doesn't let her in. Eventually, it turns out she's actually been walking in a circle a la the Blair Witch Project. Blair Witch Project, yep. And she makes her way back to the house. But before she makes her way back, she finds a picture in the snow just outside that says in loving memory and it has a picture of the two kids yeah okay and, and so she look walks- it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't help like i must say look, with all due respect to you shag that like the fact that you flag the end of this being a sick surprise and the fact that i learned from the preview that the director the director was the director of good night mommy like i'm i'm sort of hugely on alert for evil children Hugely on alert for a bit of gaslighting. Hugely on alert for a heartbreaking evil children gaslighting ending here. So I, I, I feel like in the marketing they missed a trick. If this is going where I think it's going, and I don't know, like I think it was you who said something recently about how sometimes the marketing of films can like can really miss out on the thrust of it. I think it was with Jennifer's Body, how it was marketed as like a teen sex romp with a bit of horror thrown in sort of missed out on being like a third wave feminist meme inducing, you know, genuine, exciting zeitgeist capturing movie. And I feel like being like from the directors of good night, mommy, it's the thing about some kids. Are they evil or aren't they <laughs> eyebrows? And, you know, you know, I don't know. I'm with you though. I'm having fun. So I, I, I actually don't think it's going where you think it's going. That's what's oh, cool. sick. Okay, cool, cool, cool. All right, so... I love me coming in with my hot take before I know the ending. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys, this is why your ending that I don't know what it is is wrong. Can I ask, though, are you feeling hmm. even vaguely unsettled by this at all? Oh, oh, yes, I am. Like, the thing that spooks me out the most, I think, in the retellings is the gaslighting element. Mm. Like to me, it's the rear, like the drug, the drugs and the cocoa. Was I was like, oh fuck, and that felt like Rosemary's mm. Baby, which is the scariest movie we've done, I think, genuinely. And so, I'm sort of on tilt for anxiety mode, and I'm scrambling for like the reason I scramble to. Oh yeah, I already know the ending. Is that I'm scrambling for certainty? You know, like like I'm like yeah yeah I already know whatever <laughs> I know how this goes, you know. <laughs> But anyway, she goes inside with this picture. The kids are like, mm. what the fuck is this? She's like, I don't know. And they're like, what is it? And at this point, she's basically comatose, right? Like at this point, it, it, it it's like she's a shell of a human, which is she kind of... She needs her madness stopping pills. I understand. <laughs> which is one of the scariest parts of it. So they sort of go about for the, you know, whoever knows how long. It could be like a couple of hours. It could be a day. 
you know, the kids are sort of hiding upstairs. She's just sort of like wandering around like in a comatose state. And what, like in this time, we also find out that while she's been asleep, she's actually been sleepwalking. And there's a moment where she has a dream that the kids are dead, like, you know, the members of the cult were dead and she wakes up and she's standing over their bed. So she, so the kids say it, but we know it's actually true. She has actually been sleepwalking around the house at night when she's been dreaming of her dad. Sick. So when she finds them again, the two kids are sitting around the table praying and like, they're like, we have to repent for our sins. And the dad in her memories is always like, we have to repent for our sins. And the son is saying the exact same things he said. And she's like, what the fuck are you doing? And they hand her this, this like, like this sheet of, it's like a bulletin from like a local newspaper. And it's an obituary for the three of them that says they all died of gas poisoning on this day. And the son's like, we're in purgatory. We have to atone for our sins or we won't be able to go to heaven. And she's like, fuck you. Fuck, this isn't true. How dare you? Bubble. And she's just like, none of this is true. You guys are putting this on. Fuck this. I can't deal with this. No, 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 no. And then just sort of like leaves them in like a huff, right? So to prove they're in purgatory... Grace is walking through the house and as she's coming up to this attic area, which becomes important later on in the film, and we, we are quite close to the end, but becomes important at the end of the film. In As she's coming up the stairs, Aiden drops down and he's hung himself. What? Yeah, right? He was my villain. So he's hung himself. She's just like, oh, and she screams. Then he puts his head up and he goes, see, we can't die. We're in purgatory. Okay. So then Grace basically suffers a nervous breakdown. There's 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 a subplot. It's not really a subplot. They she has a dog that they brought along, and the dog the dog dies of exposure during this period, and she discovers Fuck. it at this point. Like, because the dog goes missing quite early on. And then at this point, the dog's died of exposure. She sees him hang himself and he he comes back to life. And so she's just outside cradling the dead dog, walking around in the snow in the super freezing cold, just being like, just praying to herself. So she's she's just snapped and she's gone back into prayer mode. And see, she's just like repeating prayers after prayers after prayers. At this point, we cut to the two kids watching her. The daughter is crying and she runs off the Aiden's like no don't go and then he's like fuck and you're like okay so maybe the kids are behind this so at this point the kids are basically like we have to tell her and so they go down to the basement they remove a board where we find all of their possessions so they've all the food and all the blankets and all the fucking gas Everything's down there. He goes specifically, can you find her pills? She needs her pills. So they go up and she's sitting on the porch cradling this dead dog and they put a blanket around her and they're basically like, Grace, we made it all up. It's just a joke. Please come inside. You're going to die. And at this point, Grace just can't hear it. 
Grace is just like Grace is too far gone. Now, this is where it gets the most fucked up. So, not only did they hide all their possessions, not only did they print out those things, not only did he fake his hanging, at night, they played the recordings of the father's sermons from the attic, and that's why she was dreaming about it, and that's why she was walking around all the time, right? So, they were actually trying to just completely fuck her up. And at this point, they try to be like, no, 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 it's like, it was all a joke. We're sorry. And she just won't hear it. She's now convinced they are in purgatory and they must do penance to ascend to heaven. So at this point, the children escape up to the attic, they lock the door and they hide up there. She did penance for everyone. She killed them all. So... Actually, that, that's, really, that's a really good point. <laughs> She's already done that in the cult. But she does her own penance. So there's, there's a moment after this. And in fact, before they go up and hide in the attic, when, they, when they're like, okay, this is fucking serious, is they witness her at night. She's finally come in from the cold. She's lit a fire. She puts one of the burning logs in front of the fire and kneels on it and prays. And it is like excruciating to like it is so hard to watch like impossible to watch and the sounds of the crackling skin and yeah so that's the point when they're like fuck we've got to go upstairs and they go up hide in the attic and they know that their dad's coming because their phones weren't dead they'd been speaking to dad like at one point uh like uh, like after they realize this he goes call dad and she's like oh no my phone actually is dead now because I've been speaking to dad so much. So they've actually been communicating to their dad this whole time, being like, hey, dad, everything's fine, while she's been like, what the fuck's going on, while she's slowly been driven mad by these kids. And to top it all off, they actually at this point, they try to restart the generator because he was lying about it before, but now it's actually not working. So everything's kind of come, like, come true. Like, everything's come to fruition, and now they're stuck up the top, and all they need to do is wait for their dad to come. We then cut to the dad, who's calling, the, who's calling Grace, Mm. And he's like, I'm sorry, you just haven't called me in a while. Hope you get this message. I hope everything's okay. I'll be there in about six hours. And you're just like, oh, like, what? Yeah, man, I love a countdown. I love a countdown. So while this countdown's happening, daughter's like, I need to pee. Aiden's like, just pee in the corner. You can't open the door. You can't go down there. She's like, no, I need to. And she just goes down. She slowly creeps down. She sees one of her dolls on the floor and there's a fucking spooky scene where Grace appears behind her and she's like, Grace, it's okay. We just need to do penance. And she's like, ah, she like runs back upstairs. Grace follows them up and it's like she just slowly walks up the stairs and it's scary as hell. And she basically corners these two kids and at this point the kids are like, it's not real. And she's just, she just won't hear it. She believes they're in purgatory. She like, she has just snapped. And so she's like, no, we have to be. She holds out one of the daughter's dolls and is like, you need to do penance. You need to burn this. And the daughter's like, I'm not going to burn it. So Grace burns it herself. And then, you know, the son tries to stop it from burning. And he's like, guys, you need to do penance if you want to go to heaven and, you know, be one again, you know, with our family. And so at that point, she pulls out a gun. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop here and say it didn't, 
it wasn't ex- it, like it wasn't explained in Wikipedia, but there's a moment at the start where before the dad leaves Grace with the kids, she's like, "It's a bit scary in this lodge." He's like, "Well, we've got this family heirloom, and it's like an old pistol." And he's like, "Do you know how to use this?" And it's one of those scenes where he's like, "So he over-explains how to use the gun to her while they're outside." He's like, "So this literally is the Chekhov's gun." literally (laughs) anyway so she 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 reveals in the in the opening that she's super good at shooting a gun but didn't she know that she had shot all the cult members anyway sorry go go we don't well we don't know any of this right like i'm assuming that happened but we don't know that cool anyway so she pulls out the gun at this point we cut to the dad who's arrived at the front door so he comes in and he turns to the left and he sees the dog bed and he sees a frozen dog corpse in the dog bed. And he's like, okay, something's up. And he's like, Grace, Aiden. And he's calling for them all. And as he comes up the stairs, he sees Grace come downstairs by herself. And you're like, oh my God, fuck, has she killed the kids? And then you see the kids following her behind her. And he's like, what's going on? And she's like, it's okay. I need to do penance if I want to go to heaven. And he's like, what are you talking about? And she's basically like, I'm in purgatory. We're all in purgatory and I need to do penance. And he's like, what the fuck? And she's like, you're not listening to me. And then, you know, that, you know, the, the negotiation tactics, like hostage tactics. He's like, no, no, of course I believe you. I understand. I just want to help. And she's like, I'll show you. And she puts the gun to her head. And the kids are like, no, no, no. And the dad's like, no, what are you doing? And she pulls the trigger. And there's a moment where you're like, what the fuck? And then it clicks. And she's like, see, we're in purgatory. I can't die. And then she's like, I'll show you again. Points the gun at him. And then shoots him in the face. And he falls down the stairs. The kids run after him and are like, dad, dad, dad. Then Aiden grabs the daughter and he's like, you have to come now and just grabs her and goes out to the car and we hear the car trying to be stopped. So we hear like the... So then there's a top-down shot of the stairway where the dad's body is and we see Grace slowly walk down and then like talk to the corpse and just be like, it's okay. It's okay. We're not dead. Everything's okay. She then like, and it's one of those moments where it's like, does she know what's happening? Does she not? I don't know. Because then slowly she stands up and keeps walking outside towards the car where we hear the, we follow her walking outside towards the car with the gun in hand. Yes. And she stands in front of the car while we hear the and the car just hasn't started yet. Okay. All right. We then cut. Yes. Sorry. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. So we <laughs> then cut to the final scene. We're around the dinner table. Dad's corpse is sitting up. Sick. The two children are sitting there and Grace is sitting there and she's leading them in prayer and she's saying, it's okay, we're all going to go to heaven soon. And then she starts singing this hymn, Nearer My God to Thee. And I didn't know what it was. It's just in the Wikipedia. But there's a mo- like we sit there for an unsettlingly long time, her singing this prayer. And then we cut to a final shot where the camera just goes to the gun. It just The camera just looks at the gun 
that's sitting on the table and then that's the end of the lodge. That was really good. That's that's top 10. That's easily top 10. Can I tell you something, like something I felt during that film, and I'm not proud of it, but I think the film makes you feel it. Aroused or like, what are we (laughs) talking about? No, 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 no. But at the end of the film, I was like, fuck you kids, you deserve this. This is all your fault. Like, I was just like, like, I did, like, it is a horrifying ending, but there was still a part of me that was like, well, you shouldn't have fucking gaslit your mum the whole way through. Not even your mom. You shouldn't have gaslit your stepmom this whole way through. Because this is on you. You did this to yourselves. Well, like, it's like, oh, shit, we took away the anti-madness pills and she went mad. And it's like, (laughs) well, fuck it. (laughs) What do you think they're for? Yeah, it's like, and and like, this is why I'm not proud. Because, like, this is victim blaming. But at what point is victim blaming justified? And I think when you drive your stepmom crazy and take away your anti-crazy pills and bring back painful memories from her childhood just to punish her for trying to marry your dad, maybe you're a bit responsible for your inevitable uh, demise. Oh, and the thing I missed, the thing I missed, the thing I missed. Okay, yeah. so this is the thing. So in that final shot, they're all sitting around the table and she gets up and she slowly puts a masking tape over each of their mouths yes. because the original bodies had like masking tape over their mouths that said sin like it is the most fucked up image like it like like and it's not even like if you just showed someone that image it would look like a bad metal band or like a bad new it'd metal band like cover it'd look like yeah. Bono to me <laughs> but but in the context of this film it is so fucked up but yeah god that was top the lunch top 10 top 10 top 10 top fucking 10 Uh, This was recorded at FBI Studios. Please like, subscribe and follow wherever you can and as much as you can. And Resh's, what's up?